Today's very special emergency trade edition of the Ringer NBA show on the Ringer Podcast Network is presented by ZipRecruiter, the official 2018 presenting sponsor of the Bill Simmons podcast. What if a point guard made 80% of his threes? What if Jerry West got 80% of his trades right? <laughs> well, now when you're hiring, you can play at that level because 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. Their powerful technology learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, invites them to apply to your job. ZipRecruiter scouts talent for you. My listeners can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS, the smartest way to hire. And uh, my podcast, I had... Cousin Sal and J.K. Simmons on today. I'm also going to be on Against All Odds with Cousin Sal doing Super Bowl props. And Nephew Kyle's making me go on House of Carbs, too, for a Super Bowl. He's making preview. you? It's a lot of me. It's just a lot of me. Chris Ryan's here. Justin Vare's here. Are you Coming overextended? Up. I feel overextended. I feel, I feel used and abused. Coming up, the Blake trade. Wow, it finally happened. Here we go. Okay, Justin Bear, Chris Ryan, you got your tattoos showing. You love trades. I'm feeling very Detroit today. We have KOCs <laughs> writing about that. How many people do we have writing, Justin? At least two. Yeah, all right. It's What time is it? Four o'clock? Yep, Pacific Coast time on a Wednesday. We first started hearing rumors about this from young KOC this morning, who was checking it out and couldn't get, couldn't get, uh, he knew something was up. He, yeah. smelled, he smelled something cooking. Chris, your reaction? No more Blake Griffin on the cat on the clips. Let's start there. Uh, I think he's going to be miserable by all accounts. I just think Blake is the quintessential LA athlete, where being in Los Angeles is seventy five percent of what makes him happy anyway. I but mean, he just he just doubled down and signed up for your, for one hundred and fifty million. Huge. They, they you know Zach was just tweeting about this, but Zach Lowe had a piece where they did this maze for him inside of Staples. Oh yeah, and he was like walking <laughs> through a this is your life maze, only to end up on the Staples Center court to see his his number retired in a mock ceremony to show mm. the Clippers commitment to him. But is it my imagination or is he going back to lob city? Yeah, it is a little Reggie Jackson is Chris Paul. Andre Drummond is Deandre <laughs> Jordan. And he's, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't think that I, this is a real like sell the farm for the, for the Pistons, but I kind of like it for Blake. Yeah, only Stan Van Gundy would look at the Clippers situation and be like, I want that. Yes. This is what I want for <laughs> yes. my own future. Because that's basically what they're doing. I mean, they're importing uh, the, the kind of cornerstone of a bad team into an already bad situation. You even have Reggie Bullock, who was a failed shooting guard for the previous Clippers regime. Mm. Not a good sign. <laughs> Can we walk back to to Chris Ryan comparing Chris Paul and Reggie Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much the same guy. Did that happen? I just mean in terms of like the way they're, drug test they're forming this starting lineup. It is very much in the mold of Lob City, which we always wondered if Lob City had been in the East, would they have gotten to the finals? Would they have gotten at least to the Eastern Conference finals if that Clippers team had been playing in the Eastern Conference? Here's the problem with Lob City. Have you watched Blake Griffin play basketball this year? <laughs> no, it's more it's more He's, grounded city. It's not really Lob City. It's, it's just more angry. like barely above the ground city. <laughs> and yeah. angry and everybody's against me city. I Listen, we've had this trade just happen. We've had 10 minutes to digest it. Blake went from Los Angeles, where he loves, where he just re-signed, to now he's in the Eastern Conference playing for... This kind of is mediocre too kind for the Pistons? Probably, considering Reggie hasn't even been playing lately. Be a below average Pistons team, slightly sure. below average. The only positive I could think of is this is closer to the to the uh, Montreal Comedy Festival. <laughs> it's a true. closer trip, right? That's true. <laughs> He's gonna save. It's like two hours each way. Got some casinos there he could play. Yeah. <laughs> The LA scene was too popular for him. He needs to start and he like on the ground floor to really put his reps in that way to earn his title. All great comedians the pay their dues. Yeah. This is the Detroit comedy scene is rough. It's <laughs> rough and tumble. Maybe this is what he needed though. If he was ever going to reach his potential, I just don't feel like it was going to happen here. And I went to the game two weeks ago with um with Houston when it that led to all the tunnel stuff and three days of content. And the vibe is just weird. Everybody's against Blake. I think the fans are tired of kind of watching him be the Daniel LaRusso of the NBA. 35-year pop culture joke, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, he did need a fresh start. Sure. 
I just wonder what's left. He's had six surgeries, seven. All all lower body too. Physically, he does not seem like the same guy. KOC has been talking about it uh, on every Ringer platform about just the amount of damage and wear and tear in his body, which leads me to think, wow, somebody would have to be pretty desperate to give up a lot for this guy. Who's more desperate than Stan Van Gundy right now? Absolutely no one. And we make the joke about the Clippers kind of, or the Pistons importing just what the Clippers situation is. But we've been talking about the past few weeks that the way to really unlock Blake might be to get rid of DJ. So we're saying, yeah, he needs a fresh start. But what he really needs is to get rid of uh, a traditional center next to him because perhaps not all the time, but most of the time he might be unleashed as kind of a point five. That's Draymond. Yeah, it's yeah. Draymond, essentially. Yeah. And, and you want someone to protect him defensively, but just putting him into the same situation, I don't think that's really going to change much for him or the Pistons. But Bill, you bring up like an interesting point because I think one of the other stories about this trade that's going to be interesting to see how it gets played by both teams, how it gets spun, and also how we analyze it is, was this an Arn Tellum and Jerry West deal or was this a Doc Rivers and Stan Van Gundy deal? So... Like, did Doc Rivers just find out about this on the back nine of I think, Wilshire? I think Jerry West has been running this team since they made that Chris Paul trade, right? Yeah. That was a very non-Doc Rivers trade. There was thought and energy put into how yeah. the assets that came back. And Doc would have, you know, tried to just get another superstar back. Who's, who's somebody who had Trade a good... Chris Paul to Greece for big baby days. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Doc's GM strategy for three straight years was just acquiring people who played well against the Celtics or Clippers, as we've talked about a million times. I don't think he has the ingenuity to make that Chris Paul trade. Jerry West now has obviously has won Steve Ballmer over and made it very clear to him, like, you have to get rid of this guy now. This contract is a disaster. Yeah. If this guy gets hurt one more time, we are crippled for the next five years. So was West not a part of the the, the sales pitch to keep Blake here in the first no, place? It was a smart sales pitch yeah. because it was basically like you lose the asset, he's gone. If you don't keep him, you know? You could see the signs. I would do that contract again. You could see the signs this summer when they brought in two pretty highly regarded front office executives to really round out uh, the rest of that unit there. And you've seen the product on the floor this season. Just guys like Tyrone Wallace, some of these other guys that have come in and played meaningful minutes, you've effectively allowed Doc or forced Doc to play and develop some young guys. And they've looked better as a result of it. I was watching the game yesterday, the Pelicans game. Tyrone Wallace was was putting in work mostly because he was taking advantage of some of the opportunities provided by Blake and DJ kind of occupying attention. And so I sit here and I'm thinking to myself, I think this is a great trade for the Clippers. I couldn't agree more. Oh man, especially if they if a DJ trade comes next. Right. And there's already reporting from Woj that DJ Lou Williams could be next on the block. Yeah. I would keep Lou Williams. I, Lou I Williams. don't think anyone has cap space. If you keep yeah. Lou Williams, Who, where can I gamble on like Lou Williams's point total for the end of the year? To take to take the highest possible <laughs> that I could. Oh, like he would just Yeah. I mean he could be having thirty eight a day at night. I still like him on the Cavs. I think both as a package deal to the Cavs, if the Cavs really want to blow it up, which is what I've been advocating for, get George Hill in there, get DJ and Lou Williams and just play for this season, get rid of pretty much everybody. Mm-hmm. I, I think it makes a lot of sense there. You want DJ more than Lou Williams because you need the defense, but I think both can have a, a meaningful effect on that team. I think both Blake and DeAndre were severely overrated. So what about on the Detroit yeah. side? Is this is this a last gasp for relevance? Is this we're never... Yeah, this is, a, this is exactly who you want to make a trade with is the team run by the guy who in a year is going to get fired unless there's a dramatic change to everything that's happening to him. This is basketball trading 101. Find the most desperate guy and trade with him. Uh, Serge Ibaka in Orlando is a great example of this, right? Presti's looking around. He sees his buddy Rob Hennigan, who's basically drowning, Mm -hmm. not quite underwater yet, but he's flailing and he's asking like for help and he has to make this home run move. So what does he do? He Trades uh, the rights to Sabonis and Oladipo for Serge Ibaka, which was a bad trade when it happened. Yeah. And now seems a hundred times worse. But then also spends all this money on Biombo, ties up their cap. He doesn't care because if it doesn't work, he's gone. Right. And that's the thing. This happens over and over. Brian Colangelo did it in Toronto. We've seen this is bad GM 101 is I'm out of here in a year. I got to take a swing. I got to make a miracle happen. Blake is a miracle. I just I saw him play in person two weeks ago, and he seemed to me like a guy who athletically was at a different point in his career. I was saying in our Slack 
that he reminded me of LJ in 1999, which was both a compliment and an insult. <laughs> but how old are you, Justin? 27, or uh, 30. So you, <laughs> I don't know why I got my, my age wrong. <laughs> We're not at a bar. I'm not hitting it. Yeah. Just like I'm 27. I was thinking um, of a player's age. The, uh, so you remember Larry Johnson, Nick's Larry Johnson, but not UNLV Larry Johnson as much. I remember Hornets Larry Johnson. Okay. So UNLV Larry Johnson was peak athletic Larry yeah. Johnson. Hornets Larry Johnson for like two years was way, way up there. And then by the time he got to the Knicks, he was this kind of crafty below the rim guy and he reinvented himself. And I, I see the seeds of that happening with Blake. He's not, his instinct now is not to dunk over people like it was. It's to do these little things. He had a big game in that Rockets game I went to, but it wasn't a good game. And they really had to go out of their way to get him involved. And now I think like, if you watch the Pistons this year, Drummond's at the foul line most of the time, right? They like to run things at the top of them and kind of use him. And then sometimes so good, I don't know. But Blake is better at the foul line, too. And I, I don't see how those guys play together. I also always felt like with Blake, I mean, despite the fact that I have a lot of respect for how he's adjusted his game as his body has changed for the worse and he's turned into more of a playmaker who can play at the top of the key and kind of run an offense and still be a threat to drive and actually has a great jumper. I still think that you can take Blake out of a game mentally. You can just you can just Couldn't really easily more. get under Blake's skin and and yeah, maybe you get like a an FU Blake game, but nine times out of ten you're gonna get a Blake screaming at refs, Blake getting distracted, Blake getting into it with guys underneath the rim, and you kinda have him where you want him. He's exhausting to watch. And he's like by the way, one of the many reasons why I have Clippers season tickets and haven't gone to that many games the last couple of years, because between him and Chris Paw, who's now gone. As you said, exhausting. It's yeah. just not fun. Chris got a lot of the blame for that. And Blake was in there too. Blake was definitely a part of that. And like everything you hear coming out of the team is they kind of embrace this scrappy image that they were fine being the underdogs. They liked kind of the collection of guys they had. But I look around and I say, how long is that going to last when Blake just wears on guys? It's not just Chris. It happened to a lot of guys. So I just looked up uh, as we were talking Blake's game log, the last seven games he played. So just the last seven. 24 points a game, nine rebounds a game, almost six assists a game. And he played 36 minutes a game. This is, to me, a classic example of Jerry West, like, no, not yet. <laughs> not yet. And then they play another home game. Bomber's like, now? And it's like, no, it's like, not for yet. October. It's one like- more. It's like, one more. And, they, and then he's like, no! Yeah. The Michael the Carter-Williams? Yeah. This is, he's he looked healthy. He's got stats. They're checking. Van Gundy's making a trade like this. He's checking with the Pistons owner, right? That guy's like got a son. Say, hey, can you check Blake's game logs for me? Is he all right? So, oh, it's twenty-four and ten and five assists. Yeah. Well, speaking he calls of the, it in. Speaking of the Pistons owner, I wonder how much building that new arena downtown or moving downtown affected uh, their desire to just have to have a product to sell to fans. Right. Well, this is you look at the Clippers, right? They're asking for season ticket money last April. At that point, we all think Chris Paul and Blake Griffin are coming back. A lot of people didn't renew, I think. Not like thousands, but some. And then it goes into the summer, and then it's like, oh, Blake Griffin. Hey, he's back. Oh, yeah, and we got the Gallinari, too. We're new Clippers. But now we're looking at next year, I think, would have been really tough for them with season tickets because it's so easy to get money in the secondary market. Now, now you can sell this whole Jerry Wist, he's the wizard. <laughs> Lifelong Clippers fan Paul George coming back home. I mean, look at the Ooh. cap. They have this cap space. Here's the thing the Clippers don't have. Do they have ha- cap space now? Not if DeAndre opts back in. No, but I mean, you imagine they're going to clear decks if you're going to get I rid mean, of Blake. I, I have to assume that this is made with the intention of then trading DeAndre, even if it's for a, like, for like a weird, like that weird Hassan Whiteside rumor that's been flying around. I just have a feeling like this is the end of this era. But fully. Tobias Harris, is he's on the books for next year. At a decent number. 16? Yeah, sure. I'll take that, right? So 16 for him, 21 for Gallinari, and then 12 for Austin Rivers. Yeah, he has a player option for next year. And then I think every Beverly, I think, is he next year? I think he has one more year, yeah. I, and Tia Dosich maybe has another our year, Our listeners, right? I apologize. We're doing this on the fly. But they, they have to have enough room probably for Paul George. They could probably rig that. Sure, and I, I just mean the, the thing that LA has that Detroit doesn't have is no matter how bad the Clippers got, they would still be able to somewhat present themselves as a free agency destination. It's just 
it's just that simple. They have had a decade of being competitive. And I think that whether or not Doc's the coach next year, you could still go to someone and be like, become the face of a Los Angeles franchise moving forward. And if Paul Georges has to decide between being the third or fourth or fifth seed in Oklahoma or the third or fourth or fifth seed in Los Angeles, he's probably going to pick Los Angeles. Yeah, I mean, you look at the past couple of years, would you say the Clippers were maybe like the fifth or sixth most important franchise over the past couple of years of the of the Paul Blake dynasty? Or kind in of LA? Well, just in general, in the league at large. They were always uh, in the playoff contention. They are always uh, kind of up there in the rankings. And they, they still were, didn't yeah, make most it. marketable. I, I would agree for sure, but they never really made an impact in the LA market. And, yeah. I, and in order to do so, in order to kind of break through this kind of stranglehold the Lakers have over this market and just the national one as, as well, I think they have to have something significant, and that's what they never had with Chris and Blake. I let's hit that point a second time. Not only did they not make an impact in LA, but they had this four-year stretch when Kobe had basically. He hurts his Achilles, comes back. They're crippled by his contract. They're basically running the process. And the Clips are a contender. The Clips beat the Spurs in a playoff series. If they're a real team, nobody in LA cared. They didn't. They care yeah. about the Lakers. They, you have Dodger games. like the Clips, They have that little game where it's like, you know, they ask like, the people on the Dodgers, are you a Clipper fan or a Laker fan? And if they pick the Clippers, everybody boos. Yeah. That's a real thing. Sure, but I think that that uh, let me just stand up a little bit for Lob City and when I moved here when mm, that was really popping off I like off, this Do I it. feel like that was one of the bigger pre-warriors like hype trains in the NBA that yeah. I've seen in a long time where you really had a style of play that went along with almost a brand and that there was a real feeling of like like exciting basketball in that building and I was I went to a couple of those Memphis series where Zebo tore their hearts out and it was definitely a little bit more like going to like a circus than it was necessarily people going to like people were curious more than they were passionate. Mm -hmm. But I felt like that there was a decent crowd there for the Clippers. And we see kids like there are kids who are like, we think it's a joke, but like guys like Isaac Lee who works here at the ringer is pretty young. Is like, no, we, think, we think it's a joke that Isaac Lee loves. <laughs> yeah. The but like, Let's I think honest. that there are kids it's, it's who are 17 when Lob City was a thing who are like 22 now. You know what I mean? Here's my counter. Miss the window. It's over. Lakers are cool again. LeBron's coming. Yeah. They're done. Yeah. Clippers had a moment, but I don't they know had if a they moment. had, they had a staying moment. power. It was, it was a dalliance. Okay. It was an affair. I believe in Jerry West and I have a feeling. I wonder whether or not he's not thinking five or six steps ahead here. Right. And oh, that, I think he's thinking 13 steps. So ahead. maybe he knows something about how the summer is going to turn out. I have the salaries for you. Boban, who's in this trade, who we haven't mentioned yet. As we're one of the big winners. We have Boban in LA. Yeah, can't wait. Who, who are you setting in the future to? Oh, <laughs> who gets it? Who gets Boban? Gons. You yeah. could have him. Yeah. Gons? Yeah. All right. He makes $7 million next year. Tobias Harris makes fourteen point eight last year of his contract. Next year's last year? Next year's last year. So it actually goes backwards. So that's a $21 million commitment. Bradley comes off, and they get the first round pick. Blake, next year... Better hold on to your seats for this one. Blake next year. Oh. <laughs> 31.8 million. Jesus. Oof. That's a lot. Here's Blake. Here's the rest of Blake's They're gonna contract. They're going to put Jerry West's face on a wanted poster, man. <laughs> Did I say that Detroit came out okay on this? Here's here, here we go. 31.8. This is a podcast. It's not live. We can take that out. <laughs> we can take out the part where I thought I was 27 too, so it's fine. Thir no, that's staying in. That's definitely in Kyle. Do you take that out? You're dead. 31.9 next year. Year after that, 34.2. Next year, 36.6. And then a player option in 2021 for 38.957. I don't think he's going to opt out of that one. Just a guess. I think this is... He's going to be opting in from the Montreal Comedy Festival stage. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be his bit. It's, it's like, guys... Be, it's who is it? Bobby Bonilla, who's still getting paid by he's the He's got like the, the NBA Players Association app on his phone. He's like, check this out. I just made $40 million. <laughs> um, this reminds me a lot of the Amari Stoudemire signing that the Knicks did in 2000, after the 2010 season, where it looks great initially. 
And I wouldn't be surprised it's like, if no, Blake, no, he's an MVP candidate. <laughs> like you couldn't see Blake. Oh, Blake! Wow, Pistons! Oh, he's he's angry. Yeah, but I don't want this contract. That years East from now. is soft mm-hmm. in the middle. You yeah. know what I mean? You've got the Wizards, you got the Bucks, all having issues. The Pacers feel like they're going to run out of gas. The Sixers are who knows what the Sixers are, depending on who's healthy and who's not. So I'm sure that, like you're saying, where Stan's like, I have 18 months to save my job. Maybe he's probably thinking this is a soft East. Eight. We could be a four or five seed if this clicks. I would say his eight. I would say his he has eight. seven to eight months. Seven to eight months. Job. You don't think he gets to draft? Well, he doesn't have a pick anyway. Now <laughs> he doesn't con- matter. Everything he's done hasn't worked out. Basically, I what's worked out move. that he's done? Yeah, I can't think of a single move that's worked. And this offseason was even more befuddling. I think they hard capped themselves in order to bring in Langston Galloway, who's yeah. a totally fine bench player. But what are you doing? Totally fine, strong. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's my guy. Let me tell you this. If you ever, Chris Ryan, if you ever did the equivalent of taking Luke Kennard over Donovan Mitchell, I would remind you every day of this for the for the rest of the time we work together. Right. I'd be so upset. I'd be like, hey, remember when we could have Donovan Mitchell? That's That alone was an almost fireable offense for SVG. And that was one of the 10 mistakes he's made. He really, once again, we see it, man. It's really hard to coach and GM at the same time. He did a bad job. Doc did a bad job. Yeah. Henry Ellenson, I think, was a pick a few years ago. I, a lot of the, the drafting. That that was they rough. Did, the drafting's been not great. It's just not great. The Tobias Harris trade was pretty good. I think yeah. that was the one decent one that he did. Yeah. They kind of took advantage of the magic, believe it or not. For <laughs> How like, many games has Reggie played this year? It wasn't that it wasn't that many. I think only 20, 30 ish. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but that's another one where they they essentially needed something right away. Uh, they saw the distressed asset in Oklahoma City and, and went with him moving forward. But most of the time, Ish has had a better effect on that team than, than Reggie simply because he's getting a lot of those guys involved there. Uh, Stanley Johnson, another draft pick. I don't know if there's anybody after him because the big thing at that point was Stanley or Justice, right? And I don't think anybody right. won that situation. Right. It might actually shade toward Stanley, but they've really just settled into the middle there. And I think you could do a little bit in the middle in the East where nobody's really going for it. No one's really separating themselves, but... The Stanley one's tough because that was a really good draft. It was a good draft, yeah. And Isn't it's that almost, the Frank Kaminsky draft? Yeah. That's, that's 2015, right? It's a lot of good... That that draft went all over the place, but... Uh, and probably somebody's going to steal Stanley Johnson from them now, right? That'll be the next thing that happens. He's only 21 years old. I have no old. idea. Are they trying to wait? I mean, like, are, 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 is it, are the Pistons selling players or are they buying players? What's I still cool? liked Stanley. Yeah. I think he I like upside. Stan. I would trade for, I like him and Justice Winslow. I would trade for both of those dudes. Mm-hmm. I like those top eight lottery picks that I haven't figured it out yet. Can we, can we do two minutes here on Jerry fucking West? Yeah. <laughs> this is such a Jerry West trade. I could just see him sitting courtside watching Blake Griffin just, and his, and his wheels turning and just thinking about that salary and being like, in four, how old is Jerry West now? He's going to be like 78, 80? Yeah, almost 80. Yeah. He's like, in four years from now, I'll be 84. <laughs> I got to get this guy the fuck out of here. I need to rebuild this. Well, everything we, everything we heard about the deadline was that it was quiet, right? Nothing was going to happen. Kevin O'Connor wrote for us today that that very thing. And you wonder if they looked at the, the, the entire landscape and said, nobody is really falling back here. Yeah. So the advantage on the market was to pick a clear path. Uh, and if you look at who's kind of bottoming out, like there really aren't that many teams. The Hawks very much so. Other than that, the Kings unintentionally, and even they can't really because their pick is owed in 2019. Well, no, and nobody had the expirings really. Even right. just having Bradley and then you can get out of Harris and Boban next year was a better kind of threesome for a big package than just about anybody. Well, Jerry West just did... Basically, he was like, I will not make the mistake that Stan Van Gundy is making where I'm not going to because we, you know, Justin and I have been talking pretty much since Boogie went down about the Pelicans and what it meant for them. And they were they were a feisty middle of the pack team that probably would have won a couple of playoff games, you know, against they were really grown. And that was actually, you know, like the Pelicans and the Spurs would have been an awesome first round series that, you know, every once in a while, the Spurs get jumped. You know, and I kind of was excited to at least watch it happen or at least watch them try. But now the Pelicans are going to battle to stay in playoffs. But Jerry West didn't take the bait. He didn't say, oh, wow, Boogie went down. This is our chance to get the seventh seed or the sixth seed. He's like, screw this. This I'm selling as high as I possibly can. And furthermore, throughout this like wild goose chase on everybody imagining what's going to happen with DeAndre because he had this like phantom ankle injury that kept him out for two weeks. <laughs> and they were basically like, 
this is going to be the end of DJ here. And wasn't Blake walking around being like, I can't believe he's been here for nine years. And right. it was like the first time he hadn't been on the bench or something like that. And it was just pretty much, I thought everybody was sort of like, yeah, DJ is going to get traded pretty soon. And it was, whether it was going to be Houston or whether it was going to be Cleveland or whatever. And now it's like, he really just rope doped these guys. Yeah. So I have the salaries for next year. T dosage player option, 6.3. We've covered, uh, the Harris and Boban T uh, last year, 21 Austin rivers, player option, 12.65. He probably opts in, right? Depending on whether, where his father works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beverly's in for five. That's a good contract. Great deal. Juwan Evans is 1.3. I really like Juwan Evans, by the way, just, yeah. just for the record, the killer is Gallinari at uh 21.6. Can they get him to yeah. retire? Stretch him. Actually, they should either stretch him or actually stretch him because he <laughs> runs like he hasn't stretched. Uh, also, not for nothing, but like a relatively healthy Gallo is like a super fun basketball player. Yeah, well, that was the other thing I noticed just from going to the games in person. It made no sense that Gallinari and Blake Griffin were on the court at the same time. No. They're both these 6'10 guys that can't guard anybody who's 6'6". And Gallo right now is probably bigger than DJ. Yeah. <laughs> Even though he looks great in his suit, I just noticed every time he's on no, the, he's on the bench. Huge. Yeah, he <laughs> looks huge. Uh, and then they have Sam Decker for 2.7 next year. Wesley Johnson, player option 6.1. And uh, and DeAndre, if he opts in at 24, I think it's conceivable they could have cap space. That's not that hard to navigate out of that, right? It would have been great if they had enough cap, cap space to undercut the Lakers. If they could just come in On and be somebody? like, we'll take Paul George and LeBron and just do it that way. Can I ask you a question? Is, is it... I'm just telling you that I have the Clippers are all in on Blake Griffin by Lee Jenkins queued up and re- I'm going to read some excerpts. <laughs> you want to so do a dramatic You reading? tell me when you... Uh, Should when I read it re- as Bono? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ask me a question. What was the market? What did he turn down? So the Celtics, I know for a fact, had been intrigued by Blake for years, but that contract, there's no way. They would never touch that. Of course thing. not. It's not with Anthony Davis probably hitting the market in two years now. Could the Knicks have been a... The old Knicks would have. Yeah. They just didn't have like the, if they had given up a first round pick, they didn't really have the contracts to throw in there because all of their guys expire three years from now. Yeah, they're pretty toxic. I don't know if the Clippers would have wanted those back. Bulls stay away, right? And they, they seem pretty psyched on the fact that they have three good young players for once. Yeah, same with the Bulls. Yeah. I think it's almost somebody else that might have been a, a panic candidate. So who are the other panic candidates? Charlotte? Yeah, but they're uh-huh. going to go the other way. Uh Miami potentially. I'm surprised Miami didn't kick the tires. Yeah, I was out. always yeah. I, Blake in Miami always really interested me because while Stan Van Gundy seems like the antithesis of what Blake wants, which is a guy nitpicking his game up and down the court, and Blake is the nitpicker of the refs, it just it seems like it's going to be so chaotic. Riley, not only because Miami has a and you can add air quotes if you'd like in a great health department, a great <laughs> medical department. Um, Riley seems like the kind of guy who could properly motivate Blake if there's anyone who could, that yep. there would be something about like all these guys doubt you. Nobody thinks you're an elite player anymore, but we do. And we're going to build this around you. And we've been waiting for a guy like you to be available. And that's why we traded whoever we traded, like the collection of, of wings that we have to get. What you. about this then? Tyler Johnson, Justice Winslow. They don't have the third contract. Yeah. You'd- and Tyler Johnson, Justice Winslow, and Wayne Ellington. Yeah, you'd probably for have to Blake th- throw. It wouldn't. They don't have the first pick to so trade. They have right? Dragic, yeah. Whiteside. Would you do? Ju- Deion, would you do Justice Deion Winslow, out. Bam, and Tyler Johnson for I Blake? No Bam first round any. pick. I would. I, Bam's my Whiteside insurance. Yeah, I wonder. No if Bam, first round pick. Bam That's the three. Just those three for Blake. Bam in there without a first. <sighs> no first round pick. No, Bam, I wouldn't Justice do it. Winslow. I wouldn't do it. Tyler Johnson. I, I think Miami's too savvy. I thought like as a free agent destination, Miami would be interesting. But if we're talking about panic buys, Phoenix, Phoenix would be in the mix there. How many times can they get in trouble with injured guys though? Phoenix. Uh, I don't know. Robert Sarver <laughs> seems to have ground out. Like he's got, he, he seems to have no limit of interest in, in like a big name player. Well, he's Justin, who do, you think, one. who do you think they called? They called Detroit. I guarantee they called Phoenix. I guarantee they called Miami. Well, Charlotte. Portland, simply because Neil O'Shea just loves all of his old players. Yeah, they're like, what about, we're thinking CJ McCollum and you're first for Blake. And Portland's like, ah, no. 
Well, I know Neil has been enamored with Blake ever since like they had him in there. I know he didn't draft him, but that's the team he kind of formed. He built Lob City, and I know he's been interested in DJ. He's poked around on Eric Bledsoe, so it wouldn't surprise me if he Phoenix? did something like that. I don't know who Phoenix would have thrown into a Blake trade. They have the uh, the Brandon Knight contract, which goes another two years. That's a disaster. I don't think they could have pulled it off. It's probably the best trade. I re- I kind of really like this. Is is it possible the Clippers might be better after this trade? Uh, defensively, I think they might be. I'm trying to think, like, obviously Blake's on the court the whole time. No, but you think like Blake was a week away from I just having don't another think that nagging this is the Clippers team we're going to see after the All Star break. There's just I just don't see how DJ is kept on this team now. Well, it seems like his bags have been packed for a while. Yeah. Where does DJ go though? I still everybody's telling me DJ is going to get traded, and I still haven't figured out what team goes for him. You would just assume the Cavs would panic, and but they've been playing a little bit better lately. Bucks, Bucks, yeah. Bucks always. change their mind about who they want to be, which again. happens every day. Yeah. All right. It is now four twenty-eight PT. We're going to read some tweets and Slack posts and react to them in real time. So Woj says talks on the Clips Pistons blockbuster started six days ago accelerated in the past 24 hours framework of a deal had been in place since early afternoon. I'm always amazed that this stuff doesn't get out. There's so many leaks in every organization. You think, Justin, you're a savvy person who's covered NBA teams in the past. You think they just went to the Pistons? No, they probably, I mean, they've been kicking things around for a while. You've heard kind of rumors about Tristan Thompson. I never heard Blake. Yeah, Blake was a new one. I gotta say, I feel like I hear stuff sometimes. I never heard Blake. Well, it's probably a reason because if he ever found out about it, then he'd probably freak out and you wouldn't be able to motivate him properly if it didn't come together. Yeah, I also always thought that with Balmer being only in the league for a relatively short amount of time and his, he's not a neophyte, but I thought maybe he would be like, but this is the guy that sells the, like, this is the guy that sells the tickets. When I go watch, when you go to the Clippers games, the person whose jersey they have is Blake. People are wearing Blake jerseys. So I thought he might be a little bit hesitant to, to get off of him, but... Apparently not. What do you make of this tweet from January 22nd? Asked Blake Griffin for a pick, and he ran to the locker room yelling, quote, nine fucking years, unquote, like he's pissed off at something. The team, the fans himself. This was on basketball Twitter for a few hours. I thought that was a DJ thing. I thought that that was like an allusion to playing with DJ for nine years or something like that. Now it gets a little more interesting because the timeline, if the deal was in place for six days, Justin, let's walk backwards. That takes us to January 22nd. (laughs) Hmm. Something seemed to be up. Uh, more tweets. Blake Griffin just tweeted. Oh, he made the Will Smith face. <laughs> okay. Like which kind of Will Smith face? The Will Smith, I can't believe that happened face. I'm going to read a couple of quotes from the Lee Jenkins piece for you guys. Okay. <laughs> Headline, the Clippers are all in on Blake Griffin. <laughs> Date, <start>. November 7th, <laughs> 2017. A whole thing about uh, Blake Griffin, how they decided to keep him in, and then Chris Paul departed. Uh, He reminds me of Jerry Rice, said Clippers head athletic trainer Jason Powell. Mm. Comedy is an outlet. Oh, he he entered the Staples Center concourse on the afternoon of June 30th. How How long ago was June 30th? Seven months ago? Yeah. He stepped into a visual depiction of that story. Pictures from childhood, from high school, from college. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. A PA announcer bellowed, Tonight we're honoring a lifelong clipper. <laughs> it was 2029, according to the PA guy, and Griffin was attending his own Jersey retirement ceremony. They lifted the number 32 to the rafters. Aunt Andra Davis sang Rise Up with a choir that recalled the dunk contest. This is from Jenkins, but he savored the sound of, quote, lifelong clipper, unquote, a phrase that has been uttered much over the past few decades. That was the cell, Griffin says. This is where you've been. This is your home. You've been here for 17 wins. You've been here for 50. It made me feel like I was part of something bigger than myself. Blah, blah, blah. I want to take ownership. Next paragraph is how they recruited Danilo Gallinari. And then it keeps going. Wow. Blake's a pioneer. Just like the t-shirt said. Less than three <laughs> months ago. There's no loyalty in sports. Why Why would you think that there would be? There's just not. There's no loyalty. None of these guys should ever feel loyalty to a team. I said this 
with the Isaiah Thomas trade uh, last summer, which was just a shanking. Do you think it impacts the Clippers next time they go into a room with a free agent? No. Interesting. No. Do you? No. And I mean, Blake also punched someone on the on the team in the face and had a lot of previous issues and took as much money as he possibly could. I mean, on both that, sides. That only earned a paragraph in the Lee Jenkins piece. <laughs> Believe it or not. The fact that he punched the equipment manager and probably who the hell knows how that turned out privately. But um, what can we argue about? Let's have one real argument here. I think it's interesting what's going to happen with the rest of the league, the ripple effects, not only with just like what moves get made as a counter, but also what happens in the West. I think the Pelicans, I was literally just writing about how they were screwed that at this point going forward, there really is no way to save the product in order to convince Anthony Davis to come back for a third contract. And all of a sudden they look like shoe ins to make the playoffs in the West because the Clippers were their only reasonable competition for that last spot. The Jazz are far enough back, and they really seem to have settled on this core of Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. And so you assume that they would probably prefer to play for the future. And now the calculus starts to change just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Pelicans 27-22, Clippers 25-24, and 24, Jazz 21-28. and 28. Jazz are not making the playoffs. Cannot be ruled out. The Jazz? That can't be ruled out. There's 33 games left. They got all their dudes back. And if the Pelicans make the playoffs, then perhaps Alvin Gentry, who's on, I believe, a team option for next year in his contract, comes back. Perhaps Del Demps comes back and you just do the same thing over, just with probably a slightly diminished boogie and maybe someone they pick up here at the deadline. Can I interrupt you? Sure. They're not making the playoffs. You wow. think the Pelicans are out and the Jazz are I think in? they're out. There was a, it was a three-man team and they just lost one. They lost their biggest advantage and one of the best 10 guys in the league and they're replacing him with who? Probably Dante Cunningham. Yeah, who <laughs> was terrible. Omer Ashik. Can they get him? Can they get him? Yeah, it's actually apropos that in order to paper over like the the boogie injury, they have to play Omer Ashik, who is pretty much the symbol of all their issues over yeah. the He's, past five years. I call him the discount Joakim Noah. <laughs> <laughs> the discount Mozgov. He is the poison pill. He is. Yeah. I. Yeah. I think the Clippers could make the playoffs anyway. I'm starting to unless, talk myself into it. Unless they just give away DeAndre. And I still, I, I somebody's got to explain to me why they would trade Lou Williams. Unless they were able to get like a top 12 Oh, I don't 12 think that they, they shouldn't necessarily. Pick. I think Lou Williams loves being a Clipper, no matter who else is on the team. And I think that, <laughs> that he has become like basically the face of the franchise. He, he is the de facto face of the franchise right now. He's DeAndre, fun to watch. He's the yeah. most fun clipper they've had since Blake was young Blake. Why would you want to rebuild around? I mean, are you planning on re-signing DeAndre? No. Okay, so I you want to let DeAndre play out his contract. I want to trade DeAndre and, and get a pick and an expiring contract back, but I don't think that's realistic. So DeAndre and Tristan for Tristan and the Cavs pick? I don't want Tristan Thompson. I've I have a TV. <laughs> I've watched the Cavaliers. That guy's not playing hard. And he's got a terrible contract. Why do I want you? Don't want him, do you? I don't. I could. Care Would you want it. Tristan Thompson? No, no. I'm trying to think. Of, I'm trying to he think. Looks of like he doesn't co- give a shit anymore. It, the question is, is like, is this? For me, the question really becomes about uh, power at the in the Clippers organization and whether or not this is something that Doc Rivers signed off on because he's like, I have become revitalized coaching these scrappy. There's no bad news bears. There's no signing off. They don't care what he thinks. If he resigned, that would be the great. That bomber would have a party. Doc left. Great. I just yeah, saved ten million dollars. I'll go hire Jeff Van Gundy for four. There's six million I can spend on the cheerleaders. You don't think? You think they care if Doc Rivers stays? I guess not. I associate Doc so closely with 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 the, like the personnel power in that franchise. Jerry West is sitting there, and he's just going wait. <laughs> One more game. Wait. No, not yet. Oh, I can't believe this guy guy still has his fastball. I feel like I'm losing my fastball. I'm 40. I saw a Clipper game last week on TV where he was sitting courtside talking to who? You you must have seen that. I didn't see that one. He was was engaging with somebody on the court. Jerry West. Gerard Butler. (laughs) (laughs) I was laughing because it just seemed like he was so locked in and had so much energy that uh, I was like, oh, man, Jerry West, really? Likes this team. So, all right, let's walk it through. Beverly Beverly can't come back this year, right? That's not happening? He can. I'd like a Beverly-Avery Bradley backcourt. 
That's a fucking pain. Be yeah, it's gonna Beverly's drive people out. nuts. I was thinking Bradley. I yeah. yeah, Bradley's come back. So, Chris, let's talk this out. Beverly, Avery Bradley, and Lou Williams. It's a pretty nice backcourt. <laughs> yeah, compared to what else is like down there at the bottom of the West, sure. You could keep Lou as like the six man, like instant offense, crunch time guy, and maybe play all three at the same time. Harris can play the three or the four. DeAndre, I would get rid of. I like Harold. I like all of their young, weird young dudes that they have. And they got to figure out who wants Austin Rivers. Right? You're, I, the, you're giving me this look where you're really convincing me. And it's one of these times where I think I'm going to walk out of this room and everybody's going to be like, the Clippers are tanking. You you feel like they're making a move to be like we're no gonna... I, I'm just trying to figure out if they if if they could conceivably be like they're basically they're gonna use the next 33 games to any fan they have who can't believe they just traded Blake Griffin the guy who was when we were working like, at Grantland yeah. was on the side of a building remember yes. that yes <laughs> for a year he was on a like a 20 story building a picture of him dunking I think he's still there. <laughs> here's the other thing if you're the he might still be there here's the other thing if you're the Clippers in April is like right around March is when you start saying the season ticket renewals what am I renewing if I'm a Clipper fan so they they have to they have to spin this some way we are the young frisky cap space going for free agents Clippers don't count us out for LeBron we're gonna have cap space yeah I think you don't sp- count us out for Paul George that's our next move you spin it Exactly the way you're talking about in the beginning of this podcast, which is like we are being run by a basketball genius who is the architect of some of the great NBA teams of all time. And we just made a franchise saving move to make us both more competitive and feisty. And are you are you a Clippers season ticket executive selling me right now? (laughs) This is my (laughs) pitch. This is good. I like it. Keep going. Not only are we like feisty and back to our underdog status against the glitzy Lakers with the loudmouth LeVar and all their dreams of LeBron. We've got all these scrappy young guys and hungry veterans playing. We're hungry. There's no more star mentality. There's no more Montreal Comedy Festival in this crew. One of the great coaches of this century. And next, (laughs) this coming summer, we are going to be the first first team all the big agents call. Well, I think you think we're out of the barrier. Barrier's going to happen a step. It might be the coffee. I I think you do make a good point, though, because it does seem like if the Clippers are going to still compete for the playoffs this year and next, let's say, a lot of it's going to come down to Doc. I was watching that game last night when they were playing against the Pelicans. They were down by, I believe, 21 in the first half. And they turned it on and they won that game, mostly because the Pelicans just ran out of gas. They had to settle for three-pointers. But also because a lot of it was just Lou Williams finally making the, the 30 or so shots that he's going to take a game and Blake Griffin going down into the post, easing his way in and then just going for the hook shot. A lot of it is still just isolation basketball. And I wonder, I guess the optimist would say, well, you put Tobias Harris in there, another high volume shooter. You could do some of the similar things, right? Yeah. I think the counter is now you need Doc to actually orchestrate some stuff. And I mean... A, just a couple of years ago, we were saying about this guy's look at his out of bounds plays, look at the masterful sets he would come up with. I was I was always considered to be a dick on the internet because I would point this stuff out. I, I think he needs to prove it now. If he was ever that guy, he needs to prove it with his team. I call it like I say it with Doc Rivers, which puts me in common with not a lot of people in the actual mainstream media because he befriended so many people. They were always benefit of the doubt. Wow, you're Fox Newsing it right now. Mainstream media <laughs> doesn't see my mainstream mainstream. <laughs> it's fake news. Uh Listen, he's done a really good job the last two months. Yeah. I really respect it. That yeah. team that team was ready to fold over. And I don't know how much he had to do with it. And I don't know how much Lou Williams turning into basically a slightly better version of Damian Lillard had to do with it. But <laughs> Doc Rivers, I have been watching. He's actually using young guys and trying shit and using weird lineups and doing stuff that he doesn't normally do. I do think Chris Paul... Had a had a paralysis over that team, and was a hard guy to coach. And I think he's a hard guy for Mike D'Antoni to coach. I just think he does things his way. He's like a drill sergeant. So it's an interesting just chemistry experiment. I mean, we looked at that Hawks team that won sixty games, and we saw how they kind of developed some guys on the fly. And I wondered, like, after people caught up to that, everyone caught up to the three and D wing, the Damari Carrolls of the world, whether or not any team would be able to do it again. It yeah. kind of seems like if the Clippers are trying to play for both 
the future now. I wonder if they're kind of the test subjects for that. If they're well, the which roster would you rather have, Clippers or Pistons, right now? Clippers. How about you, Chris? Clippers. I like this Clippers roster so much more than I did a week ago. Do you think it helps? Because they had no, they had. If DeAndre opted in, they were screwed next year. And then Blake's contract combined with Gallinari screwed them the year after. And then all of a sudden, Blake's making forty million. I didn't really see a path for yeah. them unless Blake stayed healthy. They're they're so over. Pistons are so overcommitted to Drummond and Blake right now. Well, would you trade Drummond now? For what? I don't know. This is the problem with DeAndre. Do you call, do you is call the, Uncle the, Vlade? Do you call the one team more desperate than you? Be like, hey, Andre Drummond's on the I'll table. I'll drive to Sacramento and hang up the phone for Vlade. Because this is the, that's exactly the kind of thing you're talking about. Is like you got to go find the, the desperate GM. But to me, it's like if there's no market for DJ, is there really a market for Drummond just because he's a couple years younger? I like Drummond. I do too. Uh, I would f- trade Kali Stein in my first round pick for him if it was top like six protected, maybe. If I was the Kings, I mean, I personally wouldn't do it. I'm I'm trying to think like Vlade right now. Yeah. If I'm Vlade, I'm like, oh, I can get Andre Drummond, and I'm not going to get hosed in this draft, and all I have to give up is Willie Collins Stein, basically, and a protected. Oh wait, they don't have their. They can't trade their pick. We forgot Sacramento. Yeah, that's that's they're, a... they're in that set something. Yeah, cross them off. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, the, the Kings have whiffed on how many centers at this point. It would make sense for them to actually get five one centers. Play. The, yeah, they have five centers <laughs> in the roster. Papi Giannis is just somewhere out in like Reno, just hanging out in the G League team. Is Blake that? 10th best player in the East right now? It, what, how healthy is he? The, as is right now? The last seven games, Blake. <laughs> 24, 10, and 6, Blake. He'd probably make the All-Star team if he had played in the East yeah. all year. I couldn't come up with 12 All-Stars when we did our list. Yeah. When I did it with Zach, I'm, I'm like trying to, I'm like, I didn't want to put John Wall on there, but I kind of had to talk myself into it. Blake. He's better than Ben Simmons like, right now. I actually had Tobias Harris on my bubble list. Yeah. Yeah. Which would have been ludicrous, but it's not like Tobias Harris is bad. If Tobias Harris can give them a 17 and 7, Blake, healthy Blake's 24 and 10, but you have to have him so much more involved than Tobias Harris has to be, you're probably better. Yeah. I like what Milos brings to the team. I mean, ever since he's been back, uh, the ball has moved a lot better. Because he looks like your drunk brother. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, the the thing with Milos is just like you'll get it for 12 games and then he'll be out for two weeks and then you'll get it for 12 games and he'll be out for two weeks, right? I've heard you multiple so. rumors. I'm going to announce this on the podcast. Okay. Now I'm passing on rumors, but I don't feel like this is defamatory. Multiple rumors that he might have six. <laughs> in his, in his day-to-day life. We, yeah. we need more smoking basketball players. He's the first... I had always heard Vladadivac, and I think he even talked about it. I think he even admitted it. But we haven't had an NBA player in a while. I've heard rumor like Keon Clark was supposedly a smoker. So one of my passions is to find out secret smokers. I think uh, Tia Dosich, uh, there's been some buzz, put it that way. That's fantastic. Surprisingly enough, more guys probably drink, which you think would be worse for them, just considering that their bodies are there. As an ex-smoker, I can assure you that smoking is pretty bad. Like in terms of, (laughs) I could not be running point guard for the Clippers. Well, then there's nephew Kyle over there who drinks and smokes. That's why you're not in the NBA, Kyle. (laughs) (laughs) I just wish that like Milos is secretly just a health nut that everyone assumes that he isn't. Like when he takes off his shirt, he's just rippling with abs. He has muscles on top of muscles. He's he's smoking like uh, (laughs) something healthy. Yeah. All right, let's read some... uh, Read some moments from the Ringer NBA Slack. We should wrap up because... Uh, and then we'll wrap up. Kev's Kev filed. Oh, did he? Oh, okay. There we go. John Gonzalez tweeted that Blake could probably dominate the Detroit Laugh Factory. I think that's true. Or he's slacked it. <laughs> Pistons get Willie Reed and Bryce Johnson too, according to Danny Chow. I kind of like Willie Reed. Scrappy. Embiid likes Willie Reed too. <laughs> Shacker thinks Lou Williams definitely gets traded this week. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. Juliet Lippman says the Ringer curse. The only thing more potent is the Kardashian curse. You guys agree with that? I don't like this Ringer curse. Juliet definitely believes in the Kardashian curse, and I trust her when it comes to curses. <laughs> Sean, you worries that Blake's stand-up material is about to get dark. I think I it's good for like stand up. I think it's good. good. I think stand up pain is good for stand up. Yeah, I think if we, if we've seen anything, whether it's like George Carlin, like it just it needs to come from a place of darkness and rage. I, can I just throw out there that there's like 
25, 30% chance that Blake's like, this is a new lease on life. I hated being on the Clippers. I'm going to destroy everybody. I can't wait to run rip, rip shit over the Eastern Conference. No one can stop me there. We're going to the playoffs, and I like my chances against uh, like Marcin Gortat in the playoffs. How about maybe, that? Maybe yeah. vengeance toward Blake. <laughs> For like 10 days, and then I think he's going to walk outside of Detroit. It's going to be snowing. He's going to be like, what the fuck did I just Yeah, do? right. Um, Fantasy points out, Jordan outlasting CP3 and Blake had to have been on unlikely odds in Vegas. So the retiring DJ's jersey now? Yeah. Is that what's happening? I think, you know, the thing is they're going to probably wind up retiring Austin's jersey. I think the equipment, <laughs> the equipment manager. <laughs> Megan Schuster points out Detroit is a three and a half hour drive from Cleveland. Tristan Thompson. Uh, what's her name? Who's the one Tristan Thompson dates? Chloe. Chloe. Yeah. Blake can visit DJ when he gets traded there. Sean, you said Isaac Lee, Clipper fan, podcast producer. His reaction was, it's tough. I need a drink. As he was producing Shack House. Uh, loser of the month, according to Juliet, is XL Sports Management, who had Jason Kidd, Blake Griffin, Paul Pierce, and Kevin Love. Oof. Vince Staples tweeted, actually, I quit. Call me when one of the rivers leaves. I don't believe Vince Staples. He's threatened to quit before. We got to have him on. I got to get him on this This. Uh, this week and then yeah that's really it Vince Staples tweeted Chris Chris Kamen ain't die for this <laughs> that's a good one so the nine fucking years rumor is getting a lot of play on our slack too do we think that's real I think that's about DJ if it was about anything are we sure I'm not sure I'm just I'm making an educated guess so right. you like this trade for the Clippers let's wrap it up you like this trade for the Clippers I, I give the Clippers an A plus, and for the Pistons, this by by the way breaks my rule of never liking a trade when the other team got the best player. I think that Blake Griffin contract is one of the most frightening things I've ever seen on Spot Track. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Your final grade? I would say B. If they for the Clippers, for the Clippers, yeah. If they still think they can compete for the playoffs, I'm not totally convinced of it, but I do like where they're going long term. Chris Ryan. I'm going to say B for the Clippers and I'm going to say C plus for the Pistons. I, I don't, I, it's, you're grading against something where it's like, this is, this is basically the, the, the last mission for these guys, right? I give the Clippers, I mean, I've got, I give the Pistons a D plus. I give Stan Van Gundy an A plus because what does he care if it doesn't work out? He's leaving anyway. He just goes to TV. Great move for Stan. Stan Van Gundy gets an A plus plus. And so does Jerry West. Maybe he'll replace Paul Pierce and ESPN's uh, countdown career. Yeah, maybe that's how he's looking at this. Who? Did, what did you give the Pistons? Uh, I would give him a C minus. I don't believe in Blake long term. What would you give nephew Kyle for producing this podcast? Always an A. So aren't we, we're is not the, positive where he was. Aren't the ago. president of the of the Pistons? <laughs> yes, with with a uh, little ownership. Like I like a I I I like a little Chauncey Billups landing in Detroit. Oh. Like as a GM or Only as a coach. one man can reach Blake Griffin. It's Chauncey Billups <laughs> Just a, or Neil Brennan. Maybe a Chauncey GM, Rasheed Wallace coach. Oh, now you're talking, <laughs> Chris Ryan. Holy shit. Remember when Chauncey was like the missing piece for the Lob City Clippers? Yeah. That was like five years ago. It feels like 20. Remember when Chauncey was, was so going to take the Cavs job? <laughs> yeah. yeah do, do we ever find out what Chauncey saw in that Cavs job that it was basically like get out? Yeah, we did see it. It's what this Cavs season is. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks to ZipRecruiter. Don't forget. My listeners can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. Lots of good stuff coming this week with me on uh, House of Carbs and Against All Odds. Two more BS podcasts coming. And then Francesa Fridays. Big Super Bowl pick. Thanks to Justin Bear. Thanks to Chris Ryan. ReadTheRinger.com. Kevin O'Connor. Who else is writing? Uh, Paolo yeah, Getty. Paolo up now. Kevin, we'll probably have a group post tomorrow. We'll be talking about this all week. And John Gonzalez, if you're listening, you've been assigned to a Bow Band feature. Get ready. Get your chops. Thanks, nephew Kyle. Hey.